Well, last week I wasn't feeling well, so I was out, and um, I just want to say thank you to the volunteers and the staff who was ready to go, and uh, boy, I, I, I came down with the flu, and some of you have gone through that, and man, I hate it with a passion, being sick. I don't like being sick. I don't think anybody enjoys being sick, but man, when I get sick, poor thing Heidi, and if you wives know what I'm talking about. When your husband gets sick, it's just... <laughs> I'm speaking for myself, but maybe you can relate. Boy, I just... It's, I'm not the best person to be around. And I'm feeling, you know, my body is aching and I'm walking around slow. And, and, and then I'm hungry. And, you know, and my dog was sick too. So I had to take him to the vet, trying to get him into the car. And, and you know, your prayers change when you're deathly sick. It's like you, you, you pray so much to Jesus. And as I'm driving, I'm like, Jesus, please help me, please. Like, help me. I, I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I think you're aware. And I'm not doing well. And then I had to go to the store and buy, you know, like soup and things like that. Because we didn't have, I ate it all. And even going to the store, this is how sick I was. I mean, I, I didn't even gel my hair or shave. I just went straight to the store, sweatshirt, um, all whatever shorts I had, and went to the store. And even pushing the cart, you know, in pain. Like, oh. And I'm thinking, I hope people know I'm sick. Because if not, it looks like something else is happening. So I'm walking and, and just not feeling good. And then just feeling so pathetic at home. Like you can't do much. And so I, I'm very grateful that I, was, I, I got to feel better. Wednesday night I got to speak. But I didn't recover as great as I would, would have hoped. And so I went to the doctors and they said I also had bronchitis. So on top of the flu, I had bronchitis. And, and so I'm thinking, boy, I got I to gotta rest. And so I, I called Pastor Aaron on, on that Friday. And I said, Pastor Aaron, praise the Lord, you get to speak on Sunday. He said, huh? And I said, can you take the helm on Sunday? And he said, absolutely. You take a break and rest. So can we say thank you to Pastor Aaron for speaking last week? Did a wonderful job. And I'm so grateful for the team and for the volunteers, those of you who serve. Thank you so much for all that you do and our staff. And um, this is what we do as the church. And we're going to be talking about that a little bit. We're actually going through a four-part series on For God So Loved the World. And we're talking about God, the power of God's love. And many of us have experienced the power of God's love. And so you can take out your bulletin and in there are some notes that you can follow along. And we're going to dive into the power of God's love. And think about it. His, his love that He has for us has so much power attached to it. It's the power of God's love. Did you know that in, our, in, in America, we have over 325,000 churches in America? In, the, in, in our state of Hawaii, we have approximately 300 churches. But what are churches for? Why do we have church? Why did God design churches? See, church is God's idea. It is the most innovative idea of any organized group of people. It's, it's His idea. And the church is designed to love people into the kingdom of God, as well as let the whole world know about the love of Jesus Christ. That's how the church operates. 
Now, most of my life growing up, I didn't like going to church. I avoided church. I didn't want to go to church because I didn't understand what church was all about. I would go to church and then the, the person would speak and I couldn't understand. And so I, I, I grew up thinking, church is not a place for me. Church, this is what I thought. Church is where all the bad people go to get good. That's what I thought. That's what church is for. And then, and then I thought, why, why should I go to church? What will it do for me? But then I began to understand that church was more than just an, an attendance kind of thing. But it had to do more with my spiritual growth with God. That there was something that God was doing in me that required me to dig deeper into who He was. And to learn more and more about Him. And sometimes we feel this way. Sometimes we wonder, well, why should I go to church? I mean, not this church. We love coming here. But we wonder, why should I attend church? What is church all about? Why should we go? What does God's love have to do with the church? Well, I'm going to read to you from the book of Matthew, chapter 16. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Matthew, chapter 16. I'll read from verses 13 through 17. And then our scriptures and our notes, verse 18. But I'll read it. And this is Jesus when he's speaking to his disciples. And he's talking about what's about to come up with the church. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Well, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said to them, Well, who do you say that I am? Well, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered to him, answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he says, and this is in your notes in Matthew 16, 18, And I also say that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. First of all, he does a little quick name change here with Peter. He no longer calls him Simon. He calls him Peter, which means a rock or a stone. And he says, upon, upon this rock I will build my church. That, that same word rock, which is Petra, which means a rock or a projecting rock or a rocky ground. He says, upon this rock I will build my church. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about his very own life. He asked him, who do you say that I am? You are, you are the Christ. Yes, I am. You answered correctly. And upon this church, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's on the foundation of Jesus Christ. That word that he uses for church is the Greek word ekklesia, which means the called out ones. It's a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly, kind of like how we gather together. Or those who anywhere in a city or village or community constitute with a company, such a company, and are united into one body. So like when we come together, we're the church. The whole body of Christians scattered throughout the earth. So church is not necessarily a place we go to. Church is something we are. And although we come to a building to gather together, the building is not the church. We are the church. It's people. And that word Hades in biblical, in the, the Greek word, it actually is associated with Orcus, the infernal regions. It's a dark and dismal place in the very depths of the earth. The common receptacle 
of disembodied spirits. And usually Hades is just the home of the wicked, a very uncomfortable place. We know it as hell. And Jesus referred to that. He said, when, when the church is working at its very best, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to build my church, he said. I'm going to build it upon my life. And evil will not prevail against it. Church, in the end, will win. That the darkness cannot come against it because I am building my church. We're not building the church. He is building the church, which gives me all the confidence in the world. See, each one of us can function as the church by understanding the power of God's love in the church. See, the church, uh, the church is where God's love is given to people. And it's also given through people. And if you're writing notes, you can write this in, number one, that the church is where God loves people through people. That's, that's, that's the, the whole idea behind church. See, church should never be confined to a place or a building. That's not what church should be identified as or a location. Nor should it be a place where people are put down or, or a place where, where people are discouraged or, or people make you feel discouraged. See, John 13, 35, it says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. It's by the love that we have for one another that people will recognize that we're followers of Jesus Christ. It's the love that we have for people. Not that we carry Bibles, not that we have crosses around our necks, which is fine, that's great. That's not how they're going to recognize us as the church. They will recognize us when we have love for one another. See, God will love people, and He will love people through people. And we're called the church, and that's what he's designed us to do. See, the church, the world doesn't need more Christians telling the world that it's wrong. The world doesn't need more of us who follow Jesus to point fingers and say, you're, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. If you follow Jesus, you're going to heaven. Now, you can do that if you have a really, really good relationship with someone, and that may work, and that may, you know, kind of open up their eyes. But that's not what we're designed to do. We're to love people into the kingdom of God. Now, there's some that when we understand that, okay, wait a minute, there's, there's a relationship there. Or people ask for advice to say, you know, we're stuck in this predicament. Can you help? Then we can bring the truth, as the Bible says, to bring the truth in love. That's what we do as the church. Some of us call it tough love. We just tell them like it is because we have that relationship. I remember when Heidi, was, Heidi and I were, were coming to this church... Uh, you know, we were, we were teenagers and, and we had a three-year-old. We weren't married. We were living together. And people loved us into the kingdom of God. They loved us exactly where we are. But they built a relationship with us enough to help us grow and mature in the Lord. And after a while, after we began attending church, we began to understand that God accepts us exactly where we are. But He also loves us to give us His very best. And then we, we started to understand, wait a minute, this life that we're living right now, it's not God's very best. So Lord, you've got to help us to understand, help us to see the bigger picture. And so he started to show us what could be. Now we could have lived how we were and just stayed there, never grew spiritually and just plateaued in life. 
But God said, I have so much more for you. I know the plans that I have for you. They're for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And then we began to understand through the power of God's love. We eventually got married and, and uh, we got right with God. And then we, we continued to serve and we gave. We, we understood the, the, the blessings that came along with giving to God. In the beginning it was hard because, you know, you're looking at your, your paycheck and then, you know, we hear in church that if you give to God, He'll bless you. And, but give cheerfully. Don't, don't give with just saying, okay, I'm going to give. Now, God, you got to give me back. It was, it was a heart to give. And so we understood that. And, and even in the beginning, we gave what we could with the hopes that one day we would be able to tithe, which is giving a tenth of our income. And hard to do that when a tenth of your income is like your phone bill or your electric bill or a car payment or you're saving up for something and and you're watching this money and you're thinking, I can't give to you, God, because I have all these other things. But we had to switch that around. And because of the, the power of God's love, we trusted in Him that He will always take good care of us. Then we started to tithe. And I can't tell you the blessings that came with that. We could never outgive God, and we still can't outgive God. It's, it's such an honor to give to Him and a privilege to give to Him. And when we put our finances in His hands, our resources in His hands, our time and energy in His hands, His blessing came with that. We could have stayed at the point where, yeah, I know what I'm doing is wrong. I know I should be doing this. I know these things. The Bible says this, you know these things, but you're blessed when you do them. And the blessing that came with that gave us the bigger understanding of God's love for us and the power of His love. Church is a place where God loves people through people. And then we start to grow in Him. We come to a place where we go through seasons and and Heidi and I went through this season of, of receiving a lot because we're brand new in the Lord. But we go through this, those seasons. Sometimes there's a season of, of receiving. There's, then there's a season of contributing. And we go through that as a church, as a church body. And some of us are in a season right now of we're contributing. Some of us right now are receiving. Pastor Marsha was talking about the bread of life. Many people right now are receiving. But there's people that are serving that they're contributing now because they used to receive. But God turned that life around. And now we are a part of the giving side. You can write that in number two, that the church is where I contribute as well as receive. That's what the church is designed to do. That's, that's what family is all about. That's, that's who God called us to be as the church. It's a place where I contribute, but also receive. And I'd rather put my time, my energy, my finances and resources in the hands of God rather than any other temporary area. I'd rather trust Him with it. This is what they did as the early church in Acts 2, 44 and 45. Now all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. That's how the church functions at its best, where we're all working together so that no one is without So that we can contribute and help. That's why I love the different ministries that we have. Our Bread of Life ministry. Our Under His Wings ministry. We even have our scholarship ministry where we give to our scholarship fund. And for those who, when it comes time for our scholarship giving, that there's people who can receive. And I think that comes around June or July. 
that we have our New Hope Scholarship. Well, some of you are at a season where you can give. Some of you are at a season where you're going to need it. But the church put together, no one goes without. And we all contribute. We also have our plus one ministry, which is when I go to buy food, I add one more and I bring it here so that the Bread of Life ministry could have food to give out to those in need. And it's just real easy. When I go shopping, I think plus one. Then I'll buy an extra can for the, the Bread of Life ministry. And then I'll bring it up here to the church. And no one goes without. Everyone has and everyone who is in need will be filled. That's the way the church operates. You are a giving church. I've seen that happen time and time again. And people are going and coming and receiving because that's the season that they're in. But we all work together so that all of us put together, we'll share everything that we have, and then we'll be able to help those who are in need. Heidi and I, we were, we were in that season at one point. I remember uh, getting food from our Bread of Life ministry. And Heidi would come home and we would have simon or soup and something and we would have food to eat. And we were so thankful. But then there came a season where God provided more. And we didn't have more so that we could say, okay, now we have more. Okay, now we're going to hoard everything. No, now we knew it was our season to contribute. Because we came through a season where we were receiving. Now it's our turn to give. And so whether it's our Bread of Life ministry, our missions, or even tithing, we understand the season that we're in. And many of us will go through the seasons. But don't miss the opportunity when that season comes up. And as a church, we'll give as well as receive. That's the power of God's love. Some of us will be, you know, during Easter is usually that time where a lot of people will come to church. And a lot of people attend church usually on Easter or Christmas, which they're going through that season of learning about what church is all about. But for us, it's our time to give of our seats. And we'll have our extended sanctuary in our fellowship hall. And some of you are inviting people. And they'll come on Easter Sunday. And we're trying to uh, utilize our fellowship hall for those of us who attend church, who attend New Hope. And this is our home church. We're members here. So that we can open up the seats for the new people. And so, when, when, if you're inviting someone and they do come, please sit with them in here. But if not, like for myself, if there's people that, like my family and uh, they're coming, I'm asking them to sit in the fellowship hall because they understand that we're trying to open up seats. Because the hope is that someone who does not know the Lord will come to know Him as Lord and Savior. And so we give up of our seats. It's a season we go through. And we'll be in the fellowship hall. We'll be fine. You can even eat in there. You can't eat in here. But you can eat in there. You can drink your coffee in there. You can eat your breakfast in there. It's just a different environment than in here. So we'll have that set up. And then also we're, we're continuing our courtyard. And, and part of the process, some of you gave to our Save to Save campaign. And we're still saving money for, to finalize our courtyard. But we're getting this nice white big tent and hopefully we can get it up by Easter Sunday we're hoping because it's coming in from the mainland by canoe so it's taking a while to get here and it's going to be here probably the week of Easter and so if we can get it up it would be great it's one tent so when it rains because once in a while in Hilo it rains 
it will not leak and will be dry underneath and it'll just be a nice environment. So we're getting ready for that. But that's what we do as a church. We do our very best so that people can come to know Christ. We do our very best so people can grow closer to the Lord. And Paul the Apostle, when the early church was being birthed and, and when they were beginning to do church, Paul encouraged them and thanked them just like how we're thanking you in your opportunities to give and serve and Paul told them, he said, you know, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for watching over me and, and providing so that I can labor in the Lord. Because Paul was going all over the region, planting churches. And then he said this in Acts twenty thirty five. He says, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I can't tell you how many times it was hard for me to give. But once I released it into the hands of God, the blessing that came, and the instant you release it, you will sense the blessing of God. It's hard to write that check when it's, a, when it's that amount. And you're saving money for something, and, but you're saying, Lord, I'm putting you first. Hard to do that. But I can't tell you, once you release that, there's a blessing that comes with it that will not be present if not released. And it, it just comes with it. And for those of you who give, you understand. You understand that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's just the way God created giving. And we're more like God when we give. He designed us that way. And when we contribute to His cause, we'll begin to see and even understand more the power of God's love. That's what the church does. We're an extension of God's heart and His hand. We're an extension of God. In your bulletin, there's these, the prayer cards, and you can take that out. And, and these are invitations. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and Pastor Aaron touched on this too. That on the front it says, what is the reason for the hope you have in Jesus? So if everybody could take this out. What is the hope that you have in Jesus? For me, in a, in a nutshell, the hope I have in Jesus is that He is my lifeline. No matter what I go through, it's His foundation that keeps me afloat. That gives me vision for my life. That helps me to grow and mature in Him. Then when you open it, how have you shared your hope? Well, i got to think, okay, how have I shared this? Have I even told anybody about Jesus Christ? Am I sharing His love and hope with people? And then underneath this card, it says, I'm praying. And then you put a person's name there. I'm praying so-and-so knows His hope. Now, we'll come to church every week, and then we'll get another card. And then you're thinking, well, who do I pray for now? God will always put somebody on your heart. Yeah, but now I have like five names i got to pray for. Then pray for five people. I don't even pray for my family. Well, you better start praying for your family then. But write down these names. I have mine on my refrigerator, and then I have a name. And then every time I pass by, I, I pray for that person. Or before I go to bed, I, I pray... And I remember that person. And you pray, pray for them by name. And you ask for the Lord's best. They may not attend this church. They may attend another church at that time. And that's fine. Pray that they attend a church that preaches Jesus Christ. That follows the Bible. That follows God's Word. And then we keep this one. And we give them this card. The person we're praying for. 
And it says, for God so loved the world. And on the back side, there's all our service times. And this is for us, this card. And it has all the service times on the back. Because Easter, this is the first time we're doing a 7, 9, and 11. 11. So hang on to this and, and be an extension of God's hand. Pray for people. You may be the only person that is praying for that person. You may be the only one. Think about it. Someone might not be where we're going to end up one day because of Jesus Christ. Because we never prayed for them. You pray for them. It brings them that much closer to Christ. And then maybe one day when we're in heaven, they'll run up to you and say, Thank you for praying for me. Nobody else did. Out of seven billion people on the planet, you're the only one who prayed for me. Here's some lao lao. <laughs> you never know. You might be hungry at that time. And then they'll thank you. And they'll say, thank you for praying for me. But God will give us a person's name. Write it down and pray for them. And then the last thing, the church is where I grow spiritually. This is where we grow spiritually. Now, we can still grow spiritually on our own time. We get into the Word of God, and that's fine. We still need to get into the Word of God daily. But we gather together to hear the Word of God so that we can grow together spiritually. I think to be successful in life, I must grow spiritually. Otherwise, I'll get duped into thinking that success is making more money, being the person at the top, and having prestige. And if I only have that, and if I think that's the, the, the definition of success, how far do I have to go to say I'm successful in the world's view? See, in God's view, success really is growing spiritually in Him. It's maturing in Him. And when I mature in Him, all these other things can be added on. But Jesus set the model right. He said, my food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to accomplish His work. He didn't have much, but He was rich because He was one with the Father. He had a relationship with God. He grew spiritually. The Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. And He, he wants that for us too. And as a church, as His body, He wants us to grow spiritually. We also have our Wednesday night equipped services. And we have dinner at 5.15. We gather together. We eat together. And then we worship together and get into the Word of God at about 6.30 is when we begin the service. But some of us, and I remember when Heidi and I were first coming, it was hard because you're done work. You have to go home, take shower, and cook food, eat dinner. But that's why we have dinner served. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't even have to clean up and wash dishes. I mean, you can take your plate to the rubbish can, but, or you can help wash dishes if you want. But nonetheless, it's so, we make it as easy as possible to come up here and receive both physical food and spiritual food. There's no other place that I've seen that you can get both. And so you can eat physically and spiritually on Wednesday nights. For some, it's, I know it's a struggle, it's a difficult thing, but just try one Wednesday to just challenge yourself in growing spiritually. And Wednesday is different. Sunday is it's designed for the new believer. It's designed for someone who is coming to know Jesus Christ. Wednesday night are for the believers. And we go for it on Wednesday night. Our worship time and the Word. We just get into the Word of God. We memorize Scripture together. So let me encourage you, if you've never been here on a Wednesday night, try it. Ask God. He'll get you here. And that's what we do. We grow spiritually together. If I, if I 
Some people will attend church once in a while or once a year, and, and we think that that's a good tune-up, and which is okay if you're maintaining a car. But if you're maintaining your spiritual life, boy, we need the Word of God every single moment of the day. And that's what church is designed for, is to help us to grow spiritually, to get into the Word of God. And some of us, we're, 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 we're on the brink of breakdown. And God is saying, it's part of your spiritual growth. Maybe He's speaking something to you right now. And He's saying, I want to help you to grow spiritually. I want to help you to mature. And maybe you're in a growth spurt right now. And God wants to grow you. In Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Yeah, they continued steadfastly. They continued. They, they did everything possible to stay in the Word of God. In the Apostles' Doctrine, the teaching and the foundation of Jesus Christ. When Jesus came, He didn't come to abolish all the things that we read in the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. And so, same thing with Paul. He understood that, well, we're, we're here to understand everything that Christ came to do. And so, they grew together and steadily with the doctrine of Jesus Christ. See, in order for me to grow spiritually correct, then I must follow the one who knows the correct way. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's just say you had a choice to choose between two things. The choice, to choose, the choice of learning about spiritual matters and your spiritual growth in the ways of the world, or... Through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you won't get much from the world, but you will through Jesus Christ. That's where the spiritual growth comes in. It's kind of like eye surgery. Let's just say you needed eye surgery. And, and it was to the point where you were going blind. Now you had a choice. You had a choice between a master surgeon and your best friend. I want you to imagine this. The master surgeon, you're sitting there and you say, okay, give me your credentials. Well, I graduated from the University of California, Berkeley, and uh, I have my degree. Uh, I'm an ophthalmologist. I've done thousands of surgeries with success. I have a professional clinic, nice and clean. My tools are sterilized. Everything is ready to go. I have the top-of-the-line technology to help you with your surgery. And I just have a beautiful place that you can rest in, and I'll give you anesthesia if you need some. Everything will be fine. And... uh, I believe I can help you. And I'll say, oh, okay, good. Okay, best friend. Think of your best friend or your spouse. Um, so what's your credentials? Oh, graduate from high school. Graduate. Um, I, I know about eye surgery. I check out YouTube a couple times. And uh, I can do the surgery. I can do the surgery. Um, uh, so up to you. Well, where can we do the surgery? Oh, I, my garage. I get a nice, I get an 80 quad cooler that you can light on on top. And if, if you're scared, then hey, just take a couple Heinekens and, and you can pass out. And, uh, but, but you'll be all right. And when I poke your eye, you're good to go. Can, can, can. I can, can. Now, who would you choose? I'm seriously, as much as your best friend loves you, as much as they try to persuade you, I'm, I'm pretty sure we would most likely go with candidate number one. Because they're qualified, and they have the credentials, they've done it before, and I don't know if you trust your best friend. But you can trust the Lord. 
See, if, if you were to take out a splinter in your foot, your best friend is qualified to do that. With even some YouTube experience. They can take out a splinter. But eye surgery is so much more critical to your life that it requires someone who has the ability to do surgery. That's the difference with learning from Jesus Christ and the ways of the world. Growing spiritually is critical to our life, our family, our community, and our children. It's that critical. And Jesus said, I, upon this church, upon, upon this rock, I will build my church. He's doing the building up. It's not us. He's the one that is, is spearheading our spiritual growth. It's that important to us. It's that important to your life, this spiritual growth. Acts 2, 46 and 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. See, this is almost like the template for how we do church. That they continue daily in one accord in the temple. Which means they gather together corporately like how we gather. They ate meals together in their homes. Their family life was centered around Christ. And they praised God. They worshipped Him. And having a kind of favor with all the people. Why did they have this favor? Because they were loving people with the power of God's love. And how the church was intended to love people. This is how the church was intended to function. And when we function as we should, as His church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Then, and only then, will people experience the power of God's love. And they'll experience the power of God's love through you and I. Because church is not a place we go to. Church is something we are. Amen? We're going to pray together so you can close your Bibles and put away your notes. So good to be here. Let's pray together and and let's let the Lord move through us during this season. And I pray that God would empower you to grow spiritually, love people into the kingdom of God, and build us up. That's what the authority that God has given to us is to build up and not tear down. May we leave here in the power of God's love. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for building us up, for showing us the power of your love and and how much of an effect that we can have on other people. That you've designed us in such a way that as individuals and corporately together, as the church, that we're a place and a people where you love us and you love people through us. You've designed us to be a a people where we contribute as well as receive and, and we go through those different seasons. And so speak to us, Lord, and show us what season we're in right now so that we could be a part of what you're doing. Help us to grow spiritually, Lord. And, and for some of us, maybe you're tugging at our hearts to to just try to take that next step in our walk with you of attending a Wednesday equip service. You're constantly growing us from glory to glory. 
And I pray, Lord, as this church continues to move forward and grow in you, that we become all you created us to be. I thank you for those that have persevered and those that have been serving in this church for years because they know the hope that is attached to it. And the hope is eternity with you. And it's helping others come to know and to realize the love that you have for every single person on this planet. We thank you for the power of your love. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And we all said, Amen. Can we thank the Lord this morning for the power of His love?